Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And what a way to come back, huh? Amber is not here today. I know. I'm going to get yelled at. Amber's going to get yelled at. People are going to be upset that Amber isn't here. Unfortunately, she had to work. Against popular thought and belief, we don't make a living doing this show. We work. <laughs> that being said, it's actually really cool to be back here. It's been a couple months. As we said, we took a little time off to kind of recharge the batteries, do a little traveling and a little relaxing too. And in full transparency, I have to say the week leading up to this discussion that I'm about to have with Karen Woodhouse that you're going to hear, uh, I was uh, in a bit of a grind. I was uh, in a bit of a depression going, oh man, do I want to come back to this? Do I, I don't know if I want to do this. Uh, maybe I should just, maybe we should just stop doing this thing entirely. Because, you know, it is nice at my age to have less responsibility. I think a lot of people that are getting to my age can agree with that. However, once I kicked on the mics and me and Karen started talking, uh, a whole wave came over me tonight uh, when we had this conversation. And it felt really good to be sitting behind this microphone, behind this desk in this little studio again. I haven't been down here in a while. Let's get right into it, though, shall we? Uh, Karen Woodhouse is a UK-based paranormal researcher. He is the author of An Introduction to Paranormal Investigation and his new book, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator. He has recently released a documentary, A Haunting in Essex, which details a family haunting with some fantastic evidence and interviews with the family members. Although the show is on hiatus, Karen also hosts the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. Karen tends to look at the world of the paranormal differently when compared to some mainstream researchers. Same as me. Looking at the nature of reality, a holographic universe, and a collective consciousness to help shape his theories. We had a fantastic conversation. I'm so happy I got to talk to Karen again. Please enjoy my conversation with Karen Woodhouse. Karen Woodhouse, I just wanted to thank you again for coming back and visiting us again here today. <laughs> it means a lot. Thank to you for us. having me on. Yeah, it means a lot to us for you to spend some time with us. So thanks again. Uh, let's just dive right into this. Uh, your second book, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator. Um, obviously, we, we don't want to go through the entire thing, but uh, I guess I always like to ask people, like, you know, what? <laughs> Let me just say this. I tried writing a book a couple years ago, and I barely got it off the ground. <laughs> I'm a, I guess I'm, a better, I'm better just blabbing into a microphone than I am trying to write stuff down. Obviously, Amber, uh, our other co-host who isn't here with us tonight, uh, she's a writer. I still am blown away how she can do it, how she's done four books. Uh, I guess, you know, the, you know, given that, what, you know, what got you started with this? What was your inspiration to write your second book, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator? Um. Pressure. <laughs> it, 
basically just people asking me where my second book was. Um, <laughs> I mean, the without kind of treading over old ground, the whole reason I started to write books was because of my frustration with the paranormal field, the investigative field, and how they kind of promote themselves and and mm. the the entertainment industry, which I'm really rallying against. Um, and I just wanted to get people back to basics with what ghost hunting is and trying to give them a, a, a true reflection of what it is, as opposed to the illusion that um, these TV shows tend to give. Yeah. Um, and, and I figured after the first book that if that was to get people into um, ghost hunting, then um, naturally their journey would then progress to experiencing things whilst they're out investigating. So I thought I'd do it almost like um, just, just a natural follow on from the first book. So I began to talk about the experiences that they would now have whilst out investigating using the tech- techniques and the equipment that I discussed in the first book. And it was just a natural follow-on, yeah. uh, really. But it was predominantly pressure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's the pressure is I think a lot of us work best under pressure. So yeah. <laughs> maybe if I had some pressure, somebody had somebody beating on me going, here, write a book, write a book. Maybe I could actually get it done. One of these days, maybe I will. You know, you, you made some interesting points, though. Uh and I know uh, this show has been no stranger to having an opinion about the entertainment industry when it comes to the paranormal uh, field, yeah. let's say. Uh, and I know we've spent a lot of hours here saying a lot of the same things, I think. And I, and I, and I don't care about that. I don't care if we're redundant about something like that because I think those are super, super important points. Is is. is Unplugged as I consider myself to be from the greater field, and I say that in quotes, like the community in quotes also, um, I do keep an eye on things, right? And really a lot to me hasn't changed. Uh, And we've always rallied against that also and said, look, here's how it really is. Um, I think a lot of people... I think there's a good thing about people being inspired to go into this field and study this field out of an interest. And sometimes that interest is is sparked by someone seeing some reality TV show, which I think is a good thing, right? But I think the yeah, expectations yeah. that people have coming into this field based on what they saw on some reality TV show with people walking around the basement of a building yelling, you know, screaming things in, 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 to nothing, basically, from what I've seen. That's what I've seen. <laughs> One of the things yeah, I've seen. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you, you're, you're right in terms of yeah. they have played a part in, get, you know, kickstarting people. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's not all bad. No, it um, isn't, but it's, it's their expectations, though, I think, that people come into the field with. What were you going to say? Sorry, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you, you just hit the nail on the head. It, it's We have people walking out of investigations after half hour because no one's been possessed or, you know, because they haven't seen something fly off the shelf just like they would on TV. Exactly. Um, and they get bored. And the modern age people, you know, they've got incredibly short attention spans. And if if nothing's happening exciting, you know, in the first ten minutes, then they get they get bored and they, they just move on. Um, yeah. And and this is this is in in my opinion one of the the biggest um, effects of what I call the entertainment industry. One of the examples I love to use for people when it when these discussions come up, Karen, is the first time I went to Mansfield Reformatory, which is not too far from where we live here. It's a few hours away. It's in Mansfield, Ohio. It's an old reform. It's, it's an old prison, right? Right. Um, and the first time we went there was back in like, that would have been like 2001, something like that. Maybe two, yeah, 2001. 
I, I think. I'm, God, I'm old. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> 2001. That only, that only sounds like 10 years ago, but it's 20. It's 20. It's <laughs> 21 years ago. Oh, my God. Um, but back in, yeah, I think it was 2000. Let's say 2001. Uh, we were walking around the building, and this was 21 years ago. This is before the birth of what I would say the widespread uh, of you know reality TV when yeah, it comes to paranormal yeah. stuff. This is really I think because I think Ghost Hunters hit like 2003. I, I think it was about 2003 when Ghost Hunters hit, and um, I remember walking around the building and just kind of being amazed by the structure. This uh, this particular prison has the tallest freestanding cell structure on the planet. It's like five stories. It's insanely. It's wow. and you, you look up and you just can't see the top of it. Right. Wow. Um, and I remember people saying things because, you know, it's it's supposed to be haunted. It's you know been reported to be haunted by people have seen things. We've experienced some some weird things there, too, honestly. Uh, but that being said, people respond the same way even back then in 2001, where they would. I heard people saying things like, uh, you know, well, there's nothing happening here. This is ridiculous. What did I, what did I pay all this money for to be in here? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm going, you know, I heard that a few times and I said to some of these people, I'm like, look, I understand that you came here for a thrill. Uh, number one, this isn't an amusement park. <laughs> okay. If you want a thrill, <laughs> go to an amusement park and hop on any of the roller coasters and scream your head off. Right. Number two, you should really, in this situation, appreciate what just the place you're in. You're not paying money to to get scared or have some kind of thrill here. You're paying money more or less to support the foundation that's trying to restore this building and keep this building from falling over. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but by that being said, why don't you just appreciate the building you're in right now? This is pretty damn cool, I think. That's right? um, that, that's right. For, for me, it's you get to see some really cool architecture. Yeah. You get to go to places you wouldn't normally get to go to. And really, you just get to spend some time with some really good people. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and sometimes it's cheaper than going out, you know, on the town and getting drunk and, you know, and all, you don't wake up with a headache and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. And yeah, lots so of I don't, mm-hmm. I just see it like that. I just see it as a really good night with friends if nothing happens, which most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> most of the time it doesn't. And that's just. We, we've been preaching that thing for 20 years now also. It's like most of the time you go out, you're not going to have, you're, like as you said, someone's not going to be possessed. <laughs> I, no. I can almost guarantee no one's going to get possessed. <laughs> I'll put money on that as a matter of fact. Uh, but yeah, you do. I mean, and to that, and on the outer skirts of that, you made a very good point. I mean, I wouldn't be married <laughs> now if it wasn't for... The, the paranormal feel that's how yeah. we met right i mean and that's not it's not a dating circle but that's kind of how things panned out for me uh and that's something that you know we i don't think a lot of people say is that you know you do get to work with some really interesting cool people on both sides let's say <laughs> had yeah, both experiences yeah. but i mean that's another thing too with studying this stuff there's a lot of things that i don't think are brought up going back to that point uh, brought up with reality TV of what you get out of this besides, you know, getting the Holy Grail. I got, you know, an app, you know, because everybody wants to get the Holy Grail picture or video. And I get that. Um, yeah. But you don't normally get that. We, we, I mean, that's the reality. And I think we both agree on that. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I've, I give presentations around, around the UK. And the latest one I've been talking about is the future um, of evidence, you know, within, within the paranormal. And can we ever trust it again? And and, and what, where does it go? You know, what is the future? 
And well, can we talk about that for a second? Because, you know, I never even thought about that, to be honest with you, Karen. I mean, what's your opinion on, on the future of this? I mean, well, in terms of the evidence, um, unfortunately, you're always going to get, um, you know, as things progress, such as CGI and, and Photoshop and the technology progresses, mm-hmm. it seems to always be one step ahead of the technology that you're using to capture evidence. So, there will always be someone that stands over your shoulder and tells you that what you've just captured is fake and rubbishes whatever claims that you have. Mm -hmm. So what I stopped doing a long time ago was really searching for evidence in the sense of evidence to show people. I'm not out to prove anything to anyone anymore um, because I found by doing that, I was really banging my head against a brick wall Mm -hmm. um, and I just wasn't getting anywhere. And like I say, there's always someone that will say it's fake. Yeah. And so what I've started to do is look at it from more of a personal perspective now. So for me, the future of, and you, you said it earlier um, briefly about how it hasn't gone anywhere in all this time. They're still using the same techniques, the same equipment, asking the same questions. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and they're just not progressing as a field. And to mm. be quite honest, I'm incredibly bored of it now. Um, I've been on some investigations with some teams recently and, it just, it's quite boring, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> begging them to think outside the box, to ask yeah. questions that they wouldn't normally ask. And my kit bag has got considerably smaller. I'm not spending the hundreds of pounds on on, on equipment that can't scientifically prove that, that spirits exist, mm. even though people tell you that it can. So my kit bag has got smaller um, and my outlook on it has become very um, inward, very personal. And, you know, if I hear something or see something, it doesn't matter that I haven't captured it on a 400 pound piece of equipment. It means that I can go home and go to bed knowing that I've had an exceptional experience. And that's something that I can carry with me throughout the rest of my life. And if someone else happens to share that experience with me, then fantastic. You know, we can talk about it and we can share our uh, perspectives on it because they would probably be different. And, you know, I'm not out there to capture everything and to, to, to twist people's arms into believing in ghosts anymore. I'm, I'm well past that. It's like we've walked parallel paths, Karen. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's actually kind of, it, 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 the hairs in the back of my neck went up a little bit when, when you were saying all that, because it's the exact same path that I found myself going down with this fear. Right. Um, and I said it, we've been saying, I've been saying it for years, like even on this show that, I just stopped trying to prove things yeah. years ago. I know, and I don't, I'm sure you feel the same way too, Karen. Um, I know that weird stuff happens. Can I describe what's going on on a mechanical level or technical level? No, I can't. Not at this point. But I've experienced a few things. I've seen a few things. I've heard a few things. I've even felt a couple things, right? I mean, and I'm talking of very small population. <laughs> yeah. But they were things that I consider anomalous that I can't explain. Uh, and those were experiences, the vast majority of them were, th- were by myself. I, I, I didn't, because I know the big thing with when you're out in the field is you should have people with the buddy system, right? You should have yeah. people with you, yeah. not only for a safety, but also if you can corroborate if you both saw something. I mean, then that makes, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, if you're if you're into the idea of trying to prove something, because you're a thousand percent right on that, Karen, that 
Um, there's always, and this has been going on since the turn of the century. Uh, I think people have been pu- punching holes in people's evidence since then, right? Mm-hmm. Where definitely, uh, uh, it, there's always going to be somebody that's going to punch holes. In it. It's simple as that. Uh, I don't think in our lifetimes, at least, and beyond, will there ever really be technology out there that's going to conclusively prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you have on that picture is a disembodied spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not optimistic that there'll be something like that. And I'm not being negative by saying that. I think that's a realistic approach to this thing. So based on that, I think we both kind of went that, that saying we went rogue. <laughs> we, we went rogue. <laughs> it's, but do you find, do you find that, I mean, I, so when I, I tend to think outside the box. So anyone that's read the book or, or hurt, you know, listen to my podcast, and I think they'll know about my theories, and I'm always kind of pushing the envelope in terms of of what it could be. Um, but do you find that you've been sidelined a little bit by some of the traditionalists? I mean, I find that sometimes I'm I'm the a bit of the black sheep within the community. Oh, you know, um, I was actually kicked off an investigation once because I asked um, a supposed spirit on a spirit board if he'd met God, and I was oh, told I- you can't ask that. Why not? Uh, well, exactly. So I got into a big argument with them, and and um, I ended up walking out actually, and just just leaving. Yeah. Um. And I was like, and I, and I remember saying to them, um, probably in not so pleasant terms, but I remember saying that I don't care if it's a man, I don't care if it's a woman, I, I don't care if it means us harm, which is the question that everybody asks. Yeah. Um. I want to ask it questions to help us understand where this thing is, what this thing is. Is it even human? Was it ever human? Is it just energy? What is this thing? Um, And they, they just couldn't get their heads around that. Um, And and that's what I mean by it hasn't moved on. Yeah. And anyone that dares put their head above the parapet and start to, you know, push forward into no man's land, shall we say, um, just gets shot down uh, in my opinion, my experiences. If you were to, and this is a question for both of us. Um, going on on that on that thread, if you were able to, somebody comes to you and says, "Here, here, I I figured it out. I built a machine." And this, you know, there are people that have say they have built. We've heard stories like Spiritcom and things like that, and IPC yeah, yeah. work. But let's just say, for like somebody comes to you and says, "Look, I figured it out. I solved the problem. I." know how to talk with spirits with two-way communication where you can have a conversation with with this person. We we, we found this guy named Bert that, that was nice enough on the other side to come talk to us, right? And so here, Bert, Karen and Scott, Karen and Scott, this is Bert. And okay, so let's have a conversation. I think personally, and this and like you know, I guess the question is like, well, what's what do you want to ask? Like you're you're talking, you find okay, we're here, we made it, yay, Miller time, <laughs> we're here, yeah. right? Uh, we're, we we're talking to a spirit. What do we ask the thing? And I don't want to ask it questions like you know, are you in pain and things like that. I want to ask questions like, okay, so what's going on over there? Yeah, what? Tell me what's up. Like I want to know the mechanics of what's happening here. Uh, we're curious. You it, to be in this field, you got to be curious. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what personally like that to answer my own stupid question. <laughs> is, yeah. is, 
I want to, hey, tell me some technical stuff. What's happening over there? I mean, I'm not going to understand. I, I can't get that deep in the groove, but tell me how this thing works. How do, how do, our, how do our universes unite? How does this, you know, let's talk about the, the nitty gritty as much as we can of this thing. I mean, I guess, what would you ask? Bert. <laughs> it, it would it would be incredibly similar you know yeah. i mean I, i've tried to explain to people like how come you know so 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 i'd say right so apparently you're now talking to a 14th century monk and now say yeah that's what he said and i'm and i'm saying well 14th century monks probably didn't speak english they probably spoke latin yeah so how's he talking to you in english yeah. Um, why is it wherever you go you always contact english people they always seem to have modern names you know, and, and they always seem to mean you harm or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to explain to them, has it ever occurred to you that you're not talking to um, something that was once human? And my, my biggest, well, not my biggest, but my latest theory is that actually, well, it's not a fear. I've just come to this conclusion, really, yeah. that um, spirits aren't dead people. We're not dealing with dead people. Why, why would a dead person choose to haunt a tunnel in the middle of a field? where he doesn't get to see anyone. Mm-hmm. Why would he just choose to hang out there? Oh, he, you know, he's trapped there and you get this, all this rubbish that they tell you and mm-hmm. with, with no evidence to back it up. That's mm-hmm. just something they've heard mentioned over and over again. Oh, yeah. Spirits oh, yeah. trapped. So my, the way I've, my research has taken me is that we, what we're dealing with is consciousness or energy and we're all energy and we're all consciousness. And, when we, um, when our biological vessel, this, this thing that our consciousness exists in, mm-hmm. when this withers and dies, our consciousness is free to now um, travel on multiple frequencies, as opposed to being trapped within the five sense reality that we currently are. Yes. And once you're free of these these chains, you can travel where you'd like. You can travel into the past. You can travel into the future because there is no past or future. There is only now. And therefore, what it does, in my opinion, is it joins what I've called the collective consciousness. And the collective consciousness consciousness is everything there ever was, everything there ever is, and everything there ever will be. And therefore, when someone is tuning into a paranormal experience, now I don't just mean ghosts, I mean Bigfoot, I mean aliens, I mean extra, yeah, yeah, anything like that. Um, What they're tuning into, it's the same frequency, technically because everything is frequency. And and what they're doing is it's just like us tuning into, logging into Facebook on a laptop, you know, mm. they're, they're, they're logging into a frequency. And they're, for a brief second, they're seeing um, a paranormal experience. And I'm beginning to think that they're putting their own beliefs out into the universe and getting them back. So the Virgin Mary will only ever appear to people that believe in the Virgin Mary. If you want to go and look for Bigfoot, you'll see Bigfoot, you know, all these kind of things. And when people wake up in the night and see their dead mom stood at the end of the bed, um, I don't think it's their dead mom. I just think they're tuning into the same point of attention, the same frequency, Mm -hmm. and they're getting back what their subconscious wants to get back. And when and that I've had people say, well, how come she knew everything about me? Well, it's it's conscious, it's, it's this collective consciousness. Yeah. It it knows everything about everyone and everything. So mm. you know, and and this this also helps to explain why people can see different things when they're when I could be stood next to you and we could have completely different experiences, even though we're seemingly having the same experience from an outside perspective. We're both sat there watching something happen that's perception 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 and that's exactly what that's what everything is in this world perception yes it is perception is everything 
That's 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 something I've been carrying with me for years. Is that is absolutely? That, it's everything. Sorry, absolutely. That, 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 that's really that's it. I mean, that's kind of it's a very long-winded answer, um, <laughs> but that's kind of where where my 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 fears have taken me. And yeah. when you say to someone, um, "Ghosts aren't dead people. We're not dealing with dead people here." Um, they just look at you like <laughs> like you've just kicked their cat or something. Um, and and they 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 some people are quite receptive to it, but I find that the traditionalists and by the traditionalists, I mean the people that seem to have most influence, the people that run the big groups, the people that run the big conferences that are on TV. Yeah, These are the people that just kind of look at you as if to say, what? And I'm beginning to see this as one of two reasons. One, they quite simply just can't get their head around it, which is fine. But secondly, it's because it's changing um, essentially what they're making money from. And, and you're rocking the boat and you know it, what they don't, they don't want that. They don't want someone coming along or people coming along with different theories because all of a sudden that what they're selling and what they're marketing isn't the same anymore. No. And they 100%. become redundant. Well, and they don't like that. We've talked about that for years, this, this very idea. Now, and one thing I want to point out with that too, is I always find, and I've seen, paranormal debates which is like jumbo shrimp to me i don't under i I, it don't make sense to it don't compute a paranormal debate i don't know how you debate about the paranormal yeah when nobody knows what the hell's going on in the first place i mean you can have all the theories you want but it's simply just a theory right um it's i think a paranormal discussion (laughs) now which kind of what we're having right now sir right yeah We're, we're having a we're having a discussion about the paranormal right um but I've actually seen these things go down. I've seen people try to have a debate on this. And I sit, I sit there and laugh myself half to death because I'm like, how, how are you guys debating anything? We're not talking, we're not debating economics here or acoustical engineering or, or stuff that's kind of a hard science. I mean, the stuff that's been proven over and over again that there are limitations and boundaries and tolerances on things. Um, we know nothing. And it, right back to what we said a few minutes ago, nothing's really changed with this field in the last 150 years. It's it's pretty much the same as it was back then. We just have more expensive toys, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah. how do you debate that? How do you debate that? And that's the big, and, and that's why there are debates, though. Is the very reason you said a second ago, Karen, is that some people, yeah, they've written books on these very ideas, and I understand that. Like this is, you put a lot of time into this idea. You wrote around this. You researched, and I totally respect that. Okay. Um, however, I'm sorry if somebody comes along with a different idea. The least you can do, if you if you consider yourself an open-minded person in the paranormal field. Is the least you can do is give them a listen, right? Yeah. At least give them a listen and not throw your hands up or roll your eyes, which I've seen people do left and right. Yes. I mean, I've seen yeah. this stuff happen at conferences for years where I'm just sitting there shaking my head, going, Why are you guys fighting? Why are you arguing? Like, what, what, what's, why yeah. aren't you having, why aren't you exchanging ideas? Why is yeah, that? Well, the, 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 the reason they're fighting and arguing is because they've each backed a horse, basically. Exactly. Yeah. They, it, they, that horse has to keep running. And, you know, if it falls a hurdle and it breaks a leg, they're redundant. And if their theory is scientifically proven wrong, um, or if people don't subscribe to that theory anymore, then they are redundant. And the problem with that uh, method and that way of working is you're constantly 
changing evidence to fit your theory whereas what you should be doing is changing your theories to fit the evidence damn right and so we might as well just be debating about abortion because no one's ever going to get we're never going to get to the end of that one either no, right no. i mean it's no different when it when you get down to the meat of it and it comes to paranormal debating i guess it's no different than debating about abortion and i've been saying it for years about that too the truth will never come out the 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 debate is alive and well, and it'll never die, but the truth will never get to it, right? So it's no, no different, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to that, when it comes to people's attitudes with things. Um, I'm sorry, your book, it, and even with that, again, we're still talking about the paranormal. We're talking about weird stuff here. So you have a book written about this thing. You backed a horse, like you said. I that 100% agree with that, right? You, you backed a horse, but then somebody comes along with a different horse, um, and now you're going to totally discredit, try to discredit them. We've seen this in academia for years. It yeah. happens over and over again. I'll never get my arms, I'll never get my head around that. And I consider myself pretty open-minded. And maybe that's because I can't get my head around that because I consider myself pretty open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is the thing that they say they're open-minded, but in fact, they're incredibly closed-minded. You know, they're closed to anything that doesn't fit their own narrative. Exactly. And their their own agenda. And agenda is the word with, with, with some of these, you know, I call them circuit men because, and, and that's not to be sexist. Of course, there's, there's women as well. Oh, but, yeah. mm-hmm. um, they're, 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 they're circuit men. They're, they, they just do the circuit. They earn a lot of money by going to these conferences they make the occasional tv appearance most of the time they just you know they'll be talking about the same things now as what if you'd have seen them 10 years ago they haven't changed Mm -hmm. they haven't evolved their theory it's the same presentation sometimes um and they're not they they are in my opinion doing nothing for the field if anything they're 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 causing it to plateau they're causing it to to go stale sometimes to go backwards even mm-hmm. um and they're not doing anything to to further um the research within the field i agree i can i can say and I, to put a cap on this on this it's i know that the how i look at the paranormal today right now as we're having this conversation and how i looked at it 10 years ago only and uh, let's go even 20 years back they're a lot different We've already, and we've already kind of explained that. I know when I first started, I did want to prove, I mean, I, we always, I, we, I mentioned it on this show a couple of times. Um, we had a mission statement when we were young and our mission statement was simple. We are going to prove the existence of the afterlife. That was our mission statement. And I think about that now and I, we were young, <laughs> we didn't know what we were talking about, um, but how preposterous I, I look, I feel that is now compared to how I am now, which we both have the same opinion. I just want to experience yeah. interesting things. That's yeah. really what, I, what, I, what I'm out to, uh, what I'm out for in this field now. But you know, another idea that I want to extrapolate a little bit more on is this idea of consciousness, right? Um, okay. And 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 what your idea of this is too. Uh, you know it. A couple years ago, we had to put a cat down. We had a, we had a, ki- a cat, and she got really sick, and you know the whole thing. We did everything yeah. we could, but we had to ultimately put her down. And of course, it was emotionally gripping. It was horrible. Like anybody anybody out there listening to this show, and I'm sure you too, Karen, you know how how painful that can be. Yeah, lose a pet like that, especially when you have to put them down. It just broke our hearts. And I remember laying in bed that night, the day that we had to put her down. And I was just having all these thoughts. I was just thinking about Jenny was her name. And I was thinking of uh, about Jenny and thinking about, you know, so we sent her off 
over the rainbow bridge, as people like to call it now, <laughs> over the rainbow <laughs> bridge. Um, and I, I thought about that for a minute and I don't know why, maybe it was just my emotional state at the time. I was, I was scarred. I was in pain, but, uh, a, a thought came over me and I, and it was exactly what you said. Right. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this idea. I'm like, well, Jenny's a traveler now. She's a traveler. She's traveling the universe. She, she's going anywhere she wants, anytime she wants. She's in the quantum realm now. She can do what she wants. She's a traveler now. She, and I just picture this, I picture this beautiful little, little, little short, you know, American short hair cat just kind of just cruising through the universe. You know, she's probably not a cat. But she's not a cat either. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. She's not a cat. But, but it, was, it was just those little funny things that I thought about, right? Just kind of this cat floating through space. You know? But like, but no, you're right. She's not even a cat anymore. She's just this, she's a, she's energy. Yep. She's consciousness. She's a, she's a, she's, she's just her own thing. She can be anything she wants now. And man, that just, it was powerful to me. It just, it was just a powerful feeling that I, uh, it was an emotional thing too. I, I, I know I was crying. Like I was ugly crying all day that day, of course. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm sure I was ugly crying at that point also, but I, that thought came to me and it was just so powerful and, and so profound. And, and I look at, um, I look at this the same way you do. You know, we are, we're, we're energy. We're not some, when we pass on and leave our bodies that we're in right now, it just, and I, I'm a hundred percent believe it just doesn't end there. Some people, I got friends that are like, dude, no way, dude. As soon as your eyes close for the last time, it's black. Yeah. Everything goes black. And I refuse to believe that. I can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, <laughs> People actually have said to me, I can't believe you're, you're a paranormal investigator and you don't believe in God. Well, suck it up. I, I'm a paranormal <laughs> investigator and I don't believe in God. In fact, what I do believe is that I am God and you are God and we are all God mm-hmm. um, um, because we are all one. And and it gets it gets incredibly spiritual if we were to continue down this this discussion path, really. Um, but for, for me, the, the, the consciousness, once it leaves your, you know, we are just energy at the end of the day and our brain is just, an, it's an electrical point of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the uh, it's receiving data and it processes that data and we then um, perceive the world. And if someone is colorblind and they see something as a different color, well, are they right or am I right? Well, neither of us are wrong. It's just that in their universe, in their perception, it is that color. Mm-hmm. And that's when people say they've experienced a paranormal experience. People will, people have been called lawyers. People have called me a lawyer. And that's fine. But who are you to say that they didn't experience something within their realms of reality, within their perception? Yeah. And so you can't call them a lawyer. I've been stood next to someone on an investigation that is adamant they can see a figure standing in front of them. Mm-hmm. I can't see a thing. But it, that doesn't mean that, that they're lying. And if they are lying, then that's on them and they've got to go to bed that night yeah. knowing they've lied. You know, they've got to live with that. But yeah. at the end of the day, if they are truly experiencing something, just because I didn't, because that's another thing you see, there's this envy, there's this jealousy. And just because I didn't experience that, I, I shouldn't put them down and I shouldn't call them a liar. I, I should ask them questions. Wow, what did you experience? Because that will help me understand a little bit more and help mm. me a little bit further down my path. You know, yeah, um, totally. I'm not going to just shut them down because I didn't experience it as well. You know, and it's, 
you know, we can get quite political here if you talk about the cancel culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the the way that people are these days. That if if they don't if they don't agree with something or if they if it's not something that benefits them, if they didn't experience it, then then you're a lawyer. You know. Well, it's easy. It's it's a knee jerk attack reaction that people yeah. have nowadays. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think. We all know what cancel culture is. We all know how reactive people seem to be all over the world nowadays. And we've had, you know, it's been a rough few years for all of us. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I'm not saying that we've all, we're all coming out of this thing unscarred. I know I'm a different person today in this life uh, right now than I was two years ago. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a way different person. I have different interests, uh, you know, with things. I have different motivations. Um and I and I'm sure that the 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 events that have happened around the world, and not just COVID, there's all kinds of stuff that's happened, has shaped my reality and how I look at reality and my perception of things. Yes. Right. So, yeah. But I mean, when it, and I think one of the negative things that have come out of this in the last couple of years is what you're talking about. Where, and and again, this it's it's another thing that blows my mind because in this field especially, um. I would think there there would be no field more open to discussion and different opinions and different viewpoints and different perceptions than people who study the paranormal, right? Um, and I've even seen that. Well, we just went down that whole trip a minute ago. But there are people, and you said the word envy, right? Yeah. Um, and it's all a matter of perception again. I don't understand that. I just don't understand how someone – so, yeah, like you said – you saw something, but I didn't. Well, tell, and that's my my knee jerk reaction is, well, tell me about it. What'd you see? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not not. Oh, you're a liar. You're a bullshitter. You're a liar. Liar. Get out of here. Oh, you're out. You know, I'm gonna out you on Twitter or whatever it is. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do that. Uh, you're you're gone. And I and people respond that way. Well, you're crazy. What do you mean I'm crazy? We're both in the same place. We're both looking at the same thing. I've heard that. I mean, it's it's mind numbing. It, it's actually kind of scary. Um, well, the, um, the, the 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 thing that really gets me is when you have people um, such as because um, I, I I follow the UFO f- uh, field as well. Oh boy! And um, <laughs> and um, in my mind and in in my theories, it is all connected. For, for me, they're not extraterrestrial. They're interdimensional. Yeah. Um, they're all part of the same experience. Uh, like I say, you know, whether you're talking Bigfoot, aliens, ghosts, it's all the same for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll have people that, that be- believe in UFOs but completely discredit ghosts and vice versa as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I'm like, so you, you believe that there are these little green men from another planet or from another dimension, whatever your beliefs are, but you just can't quite stretch to the fact that there's such a thing as paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I try to explain to them. So how, when you hear about aliens abducting people and taking them through solid windows or through solid ceilings, how are they, how are they doing that? that, yeah. that you know, that's not, that's not a classic nuts and bolt craft that has flown, you know, a few million mm-hmm. light years from another planet. That's clearly something paranormal. Mm-hmm. And the word paranormal, of course, is just anything outside the normal. Yeah. Um, which that clearly is. So it, it, it really is some of the talks that I give are at UFO groups and I quite often get them come up to me and say, you know, I've never really looked into the, into ghosts or spirits. And I, I just, I always ask them the same question. How, how, how have you spent years looking at aliens and yeah. UFOs and never crossed into the ghost field? I keep asking the same question over and over again, even on this show. Look, the stuff all, it's all happening. It's all happening. 
uh, UFOs, um, ghosts, uh, cryptids. I mean, whatever you want to go into. And my question now simply is, how are they all related? Okay, yeah. and that's that's the I think to me that is that is the glue that is the belly. If if we have to try to answer any questions, it's how it's all related. Uh, Absolutely, and, and that's my and that's my big question with all this stuff. I believe all this stuff is happening. How does it all interconnect? That's my I that's all that's it <laughs> to me. Yeah, that's yeah it, it's you know why why are there an increasing number of Bigfoot sightings in in the same location as ufo sightings and within days of each other mm -hmm. you know is that because bigfoot is an alien is it because he's an interdimensional being yeah um you know why why do some cultures refer to um ghosts as demons and other people will refer to you know some people will, will refer to aliens as demons and it's for me the it's not the we don't have answers you know i always start my um start my, my presentations with if you've come here for answers then you might as well leave because i've not got answers i've got theories and you'll probably leave with more questions than answers yeah but you know i think one of the key keys to understanding this is looking at different cultures and understanding how they um perceive things and what they call things you know because mm -hmm. you find a similar vein running through you know every culture has a the story of a hairy man that lives in the forest you know every culture has has a story of people coming from the sky. Every culture has a, a story of um, ancestors coming back from the dead to visit them. Um, and when you start to piece those kind of similarities together, it does give you a better understanding of, of what we're looking at, really. You talk about categories of experiences, and I know we've already touched on some of this stuff, but I, I did find this very profound also. Um, and I just want to fly through these real quick. Because sure. I, th I think this is really cool. Uh, audible, visible, sensory, empathic. Em 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 oh, my God. I can't spell today. Empathetic. <laughs> Empathetic. Oh, my God. It's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Empathetic, physical, and interference. All right? Yeah. So um, I think audible and visible, we kind of that we i think we have had those nailed down pretty well how are well and what are your thoughts on that i, I don't want to just brush over them because i i mean let's talk about audible for a second um well firstly i mean the categories were when you look at alien abduction for example they, they do that on a ce scale so you have ce1 to ce7 or whatever it is mm -hmm. um and I, and I just thought no one's really ever broken down um in my mind uh no one's ever really broken down paranormal activity and paranormal experiences yeah so i decided to put them into categories um and they do cross over so um audible is obviously your you will hear footsteps you will so that's with your own ear you might pick it up on an evp recorder yeah something like that so you, you pick up a noise a, a whisper a, a voice a footstep um and um your visual is obviously you're seeing something you, you might see a shadow you might see a, a full manifestation or that's incredibly rare um so they were the first they're the, they're the most obvious ones yeah really they're, they're, they're the most obvious they're, they're the things that you're probably going to experience when you when you go out on an investigation so i i started with those two and then the more i delved into them the more i realized that actually there's another category here you know there's there's the uh, interference because you might and inter the difference between physical and interference is physical is you're being um harmed or you're being touched you're having something thrown at you interference is just where they interfere with our reality so you might see um a candle move across the table or your your yeah. cupboard keeps opening in the night and, and things like that so they're not hurting you 
but they're interfering with your reality. And of course, the, there is crossover there because the, the interference is they're moving something, so they have to move something to throw it at you. But at that point, it becomes physical. Correct. You know. So, um, and then there's the empathetic, which is where you will pick up on emotion. You might not see something, but you're beginning to pick up on it. And one thing I talk about in the book is um, smells, <laughs> because so many people don't think about that sense when it comes to the paranormal. You know, they, they, they think about what you what you can see, what you can hear, what you yeah. can feel. Very, very rarely do people pick up on smells. Um, and really quickly, there's a story around what got me into that. And that was my dad's auntie died years and years ago. And she was a, um, a dinner lady in a local school. And she always used to have an incredibly unique smell. She smelt of cheap perfume and chip grease um so or fries you know what, what, yeah, what, yeah. and and um and it was a really really unique smell you, you'd never smell it again you know yeah. and we um we live in her house so the house that she used to live in or my mum and dad live in her house mm-hmm. and occasionally you would you would come downstairs and just get a whiff you would just smell it and you'd think all oh, right beryl's been here and and only only occasionally though and it just made me think you know people must smell things so often dismiss them when in fact they might have just had a paranormal experience and and not known it well i think one of the big things with this and one thing i always impress upon people especially on the show is you need to pay attention to those little things that you're like you're just talking about smell for example yeah uh, slight smells uh Little things, just little things around you, little things you may hear, little things you may see. I think a lot of people, I think we as people nowadays, we're distracted as hell. And I understand that people, not just distracted only with work and everyday living, it's very easy to be distracted. Um, and, And again, I'm not beating up on technology too much, but it's very easy to be distracted, even if you're sitting in a room, I and I'm I'm a victim of this too. I'm not a victim. I, I'm actually fully in. I'm no victim at all. Uh, if I'm sitting in a waiting room somewhere, the first thing I do is grab my phone, start staring yeah. at, oh, what's what's going on here, and and I start reading articles or doing whatever or looking at pictures. So I'm incredibly distracted all the time. We I know, and a lot of us are incredibly distracted all the time and everyday living. So we're not paying attention to things around us, right? No, not at all. Um, and especially we're not paying attention to things around us that may be of a weird nature that we would consider kind of anomalous, right? Uh, so I think a lot of people, to your point, they don't, they just don't, if, if you smell something, you know, and I know I have the same, there's smells that hit me, and I'm sure you have these experiences too, Karen, where um, some smell goes through your nose and it brings up an, a, a whole myriad of, uh, of memories. It makes yes. me think of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I have that happen. I know someday, uh, thankfully my parents are still here, but I know someday they won't be it's just a part of living, unfortunately. Um, but I know I'll, my mom's perfume, for example, I know mm-hmm. that's something I thought about years ago. I'm like someday they're not going to be here, but everyone, I know what's going to happen to me down the road. I'll smell her perfume and go, Oh my God, it's my mother. You know, yeah. um, and it may not even be a paranormal thing. It may just because it's not like it's the only one of that perfume that was ever made. <laughs> Other people have it, too. It's out yeah. there. I know that someday I'll just smell that and I know I'll experience that and that'll remind me of my mother. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's I think it's all them little experiences that people need to pay attention to, especially if you're interested in this field. Right. That's just yeah. that's my take. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
So also, you are working, or you just recently released it, I should say, uh, a documentary called A Haunting in Essex. Yes. Uh, tell me all about this, if you could, please. Um, so... Uh, as, I, as I've become more increasingly frustrated with the what you know the mainstream ghost hunting, um, I started to just get more into the private side of things. So going to people's homes, going to people's workplaces, just with a really really small trusted team, and and just you know having a look at what's going on. And um, and it's great because you you people go to the same places every week, you know, and you get to hear stories, and people have preconceived ideas in their head, so therefore they have experiences that probably aren't real. It's just in their subconscious because they know that the group that were there last week have had that same experience. So they're uh -huh. expecting it. Therefore they have that experience. Um, and so going to these private locations where no one has been before was fantastic because there was no, um, you know, preconceptions. There was nothing like that. We were going in completely raw, not really understanding what was going on. And every experience was um, a first. So I got introduced to this family in Essex Um and we, we got to go down to their house. They were um, in deep, deep trouble, really. They were having a lot of activity. They were being scratched. They were being attacked. They were having coins thrown at them regularly. Um, they had two young autistic twins. And they were um, the focus of this, this, this energy. And um, so we went down there and... You know, the first thing I said to them was, I can't get rid of this thing. I'm not going to come in here and pretend that I can exercise your house. What I can do is help you understand what it is. I can help you deal with it. And more importantly, I can help you live with this thing. And um, she, the, the lady or the, the mother of the family took me to one side and she said, you know, this, this is yours. This case is yours because you're the first person that has said that to us. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they paid four or 500 pounds to people who just came around and waved a bit of sage around. Um, people were throwing holy oil up the walls, which did nothing but mean they had to redecorate their house. <laughs> um, so it's, and, and of course for, for free for in during 2019 for three months of the year, no, 2020 it might have been for three months straight they all lived downstairs in their living room because they were too scared to go upstairs oh my goodness and um you know and they're a large family and they're a, they're a chaotic family they won't mind me saying that you know they're mm. you've got the mom the dad you've got the two autistic twins who at the time were about eight or nine there's a few teenagers in there as well um and it was just pure chaos and so she she said you know you seem really genuine and we we want to work with you. And I said, great. You know, so we, we did a few investigations down there and um, eventually I asked them, do you mind if we did a documentary about this? You know, they featured heavily in my second book and um, they'd been approached by several TV shows to, to, to do a show on their house. And she turned them all down because she didn't, she has our opinions, you know, she didn't, she didn't want it to be um, sensationalized and, and things like that. So um, I said, great, well, we've got loads of evidence. We set up some motion sensor cameras in the house and we've got um, loads of you know, the evidence that you see in the documentary is just the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, and we got some some interviews, some great interviews with the family members. Uh, it's a 45 minute long documentary. It's on YouTube, um, free to watch. You know, we're, we're not getting anything out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we are getting is we're getting this family story out there and, and, and they were the focus of the documentary, you know, the, the energy, the entity, the spirit or whatever this thing was, um, is, is playing second fiddle really to the family. The most important thing was the family getting their message out and, and, and how this all started and how they've dealt with it. 
and how they continue to deal with it because there are probably families out there that are having the same experiences and, and they don't know where to turn and they don't know what to do and they're being charged £500 for someone to to you know ruin the, the paint on their walls and you know all, all this kind of thing and I just thought I want to make something that's just um, honest, it's reflective of the family's experiences, mm-hmm. it's got some interesting evidence for the people that need to see something, you know, those kind of people that watch things like Ghost Hunters and Most Haunted, you know, there's some of that in there as well, but there's also just some really good interviews and some really good personal um, discussions on, on what what's going on there and that's what it is, you know, I even made a point of putting a little paragraph at the start of the documentary saying you know, if you're here for jump scares or if you're here for entertainment, then this won't be for you. Um, it's just a proper, you know, just factual, yeah, um, evidence-based documentary, really. How are they dealing with this, if I may ask? I mean, I, I mean, and I, we're going to make sure we get people. I want people to watch this, right? Um, but if I may ask that question, how the, are they dealing with something like this? They, they, well, as I say, they're, they're a chaotic family, and 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 I've worked with with them a lot over the past couple of years now, a few years. And one thing I've noticed is when their chaos is at a peak, so is the activity. And this is something that's kind of helped me form this theory that I have, you know, where people are they're creating their own paranormal experiences through through their own reality. And, you know, you think they've got two autistic children. They have they had a lot of um, prepubescent teenagers, you know, three or four teenage girls that were going through puberty at the time. And which is a, massive correlation in other paranormal um, cases you know teenagers going through that period in their life and and coinciding with paranormal activity and about a year ago they one of the daughters had a child and for the for the three months that she was pregnant running up to the child being born and for three to six months after the child was born they had no activity and it was great that they, 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 it was like back to normal. Okay. And then um, the mom and dad of this child split up and there was a lot of arguments and there was a lot of chaos again. And lo and behold, the activity started again. Um, so I, I, I draw a big correlation between um, their the feeling that they have in the house and the activity that, that they get. So very early doors, I told them to get out of the house. If you're going to argue, go and do it out in the garden. Go and do it at the end of the street. Just don't do it inside the house. Um, raise the vibration in terms of, you know, laughter, um, love. Ignore this thing. Do not give it the energy. Do not give it the time of day. You know, we set up these motion sensor cameras because we didn't want to be walking around chasing it, giving it attention. We, you know, we we just captured it doing its own thing and it without it really knowing that we were capturing it, so to speak. We just didn't want to give it any attention. So that's how they deal with it. You know, when it starts to kick off, they either leave the house, they go out for the day, or they go and do something, or they just choose to ignore it. And it does work. You know, it, it really does work. And it's not to say that they don't get activity. They still do. Um, sometimes it get, can get quite aggressive again. But mainly it's just being, um, it doesn't like being ignored. You know, they're not giving it the attention. And, and that's how they've dealt with it. I think it's the hardest thing to do with something like that. <laughs> I, I think it is. Yeah. I've I thought about that. If I, I put, I put myself in that situation several times and said, okay, let's pretend that my home was extremely haunted and there was stuff. And I'm not talking about, you know, 
chairs being stacked up and dishes flying out of the cupboards or anything like that, but just little things that we that we would notice, right? Yeah. Uh, mischievous spirits, let's say. And I always I often think about how I would deal with that. And I keep saying I would keep saying to myself, well, yeah, it, just ignore it, right? I don't think it's that simple. I think, you know, if something like that's happening that you don't understand, that you can't see, essentially, um, that's a very difficult thing to do, to try to just ignore something and move on about your life. But maybe over time, you just get used to it, like you get used to living by the airport if you live by an airport. You know? <laughs> that, that's, that, that, yeah, that's exactly right. So when it first started, how, how do you ignore the fact that your child has just woken up with scratches all over its back? So that's, how, that's, how, yeah, how, how do you ignore you... that? <laughs> how do you ignore how do you ignore that your partner has just been punched in the face which we actually caught on camera how, how do you ignore all of that stuff you can't so but what happens is over time you just get used to it you know um and and kelly the the, the lady you know she she will say that she says we just ignore it now it's just normal you know we live in a haunted house and that's life <laughs> that's how it is right. and um so it's incredibly difficult to ignore particularly when your loved ones are being hurt and, um, you know, your, your property is being damaged as it has been. Um, but it's, they've got used to it and getting used to it actually makes it better. You know, it, 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 this, this activity has died down and, and, and I, I genuinely believe it's because they're ignoring it because they're like, you know, they're all in a better place. There's a really poignant point um, in the documentary where we're, we're having a chat with Lee, the, the dad, and he he said, like, you know, we're the the feeling in this house has never been so good. We've we, we've never felt so together because what this thing has done is it's brought them together. Yeah, and and it's forced them to not argue. It's forced them to not um, row with each other. So um, it's a really poignant point actually in the documentary that and um, and and that's how it's gone. You know, they they they've they've worked together. They've come closer together and yeah, it still happens, but to them it's deal they can deal with it now. It it's it's not too much. And that's all I ever set out to do was to to ensure that, you know, they could live with it. And of course I continue to help them and we've tried to get priests to go in and help and all this kind of thing, anything that will will put their mind at ease. But my main focus was to ensure that they could live with it. To ensure they understood it, to understand what was going on, and 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 to get their story out there, and, and we've we've ticked all the boxes. Excellent, uh, Karen. Tell me everything about where we can find your work at. Every single URL, every single Facebook page, <laughs> as much as you want. Let's say where, where um, can we find you at. Well, my, in terms of a URL, I don't have a website. I keep telling myself I should get one. I did start <laughs> to build one, but. Um, you know, I've moved house and I've had a kid and oh boy. all that, all that kind of stuff. So um, people can, if they want to contact me, they can contact me at kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I regularly get people, people email me. Mm-hmm. Um, my books are available on Amazon. Uh, just search, search my name or um, the books, um, an introduction to paranormal investigation and experiences of a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. They're both available on there. I do have copies here. I know some people, like me to sign them and send them out. I'm happy to do that. Um, just let me know your address and I'll send them across. Um, and the documentary, if you head to YouTube, you can either search for A Haunting in Essex, or if you search for a channel called The Soul Paradigm, you'll see you'll, you'll, you'll see the channel come up. 
and um, Your the, the documentaries on there. And my podcast, yeah. yeah. So um, my podcast is the Paranormal Paradigm Podcast, and that's available on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play, all, all the usual places. That's on a bit of a hiatus at the moment. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I um, kind of fell out of love with the whole thing, and, and my um, my focus was on the documentary as well for over the past 12 months. So um, I understand it, that, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you what you do is incredible. You know, the fact that you can you can continue to do it, and you know, with the frustrations that we both clearly clearly share. Um, it, well, I, I've got nothing but respect for what for what for what you do, and, well, and I do need to get the the podcast up and running. I've got well, a list of people. I'm, I'm not to <laughs> interrupt you, but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. But I'm going to tell you this: we took a two month hiatus. We literally, you're the first discussion we're having here. We we are we did since uh, March, yeah, April, May. Yeah, so you're the first person back. So not to not, again, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I wanted to let you know about that. <laughs> we took a break two months is fine i think i'm coming up to like a year now, oh. so. <laughs> <laughs> i should uh I, sh- I should definitely but you know it was like my son's two now so his bedtime got later and later yeah which meant i was having to interview people later and later and it just got more and more of a chore you know yeah, so um there's, there's other things that i do like i say i'm working on a third book currently I've uh, just released a documentary. I run a, a group once a month at a local venue where we have people come and talk on on anything, conspiracies, ghosts, cool, um, whatever. We we you know, so I, I put a lot of energy into other things. And and some people say to me, "Where's your podcast gone? Do you not do anything now?" And I'm like, "I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm just just because I'm not putting a podcast out at the minute. I I, I am kind of keeping my hand in where no, I can. It's, it's and a- obviously, I, I I go out and do talks to yeah. to groups as well. So it's a lot of work. Uh, but fire it back up. I want, yeah, we, the, the world wants to hear you. I guarantee you that, Karen. Um, <laughs> well, no, uh, that, and I think that, the world needs to hear you too. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to, again, I'm gushing a bit, but we have a lot of the sim, a lot of similar opinions on this field and I, and the world needs to hear these opinions. I think, uh, the sensationalism, yeah. I think sensationalism is fun to a certain degree, but sensationalism is entertainment and, I'm, you know, this is an entertainment to me sometimes. This is, this is, I'm trying to learn things and expand my mind and try to understand the world around me, not only uh, outside of the world around me too, right? So there's a lot, I think these words need to be said more and more to people that this is not entertainment. This is forward thought we're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I I've had some really good guests on, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I, I, the whole the whole reason I started the podcast was just to talk to people about topics that interested me and to try and learn something each show, you know, which yeah. I used to do. I used to come away from each show with a with a raft of notes for things to go and look at, or books to buy, or websites to to to, to see, and and it was great. But you know, life gets in the way, and oh, yeah. you take on you take on other projects. Um, but yeah, like I say, people can. I'm still here, you know. People, if people would like me to come and look at a yeah. location that they suspect is haunted, it, it, within reason, as long as it's in the UK. Yeah, I was going to say, you're uh, going to fly to the states over here. Okay, we'll fly you over. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to 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 do to do anything, and I'm happy to talk to people. People always message me their stories and their experiences, and cool. to get my opinion on it. And I'm I'm happy to I'm just happy to talk to people. You know, I'm happy yeah. to do this kind of thing. 
I'll make sure, we will make sure that all of these links are on the posting on our website when we put the show up. Um, Karen, I I have to say this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm really glad we were able to get back together and talk again. Thank you so much, and let's do it again, please. Thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. Ghostly Talk!